0: What's up, Bayfica Nation? Welcome to another episode of Mr. Bayfica. I am your host, as always, the Mr. Mike Agustinho. And today, it's episode 134. And we're talking about women's football today because it's time we talk about a successful team. It's time we talk about a team playing good football. It's time we talk about a team challenging for the title. Not just challenging, but leading the charge to win the title. It will be the second in a row. We are on the road to that. Because our Befica women's football team is on fire. You heard off the top there from BTV, the the report from BTV24 last Sunday evening. Befica beat Sporting 1-0 in Alkushit. And we'll get to that match a little bit later. But I have to bring you all up to speed on everything that has happened since the last time I talked Befica Women's Football, which is back on the 14th of October of 2021. Okay, that was the last time I talked about this team, so I got a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, It's going to happen at a very rapid pace, of course, but I will bring you up to speed, and then we will talk the derby. We will talk about it. Befica, 1-0 winners on the road in Alcuchet, knocking off the team that had previously beaten them twice, and go back, go back to September when we lost to Sporting both in the Super Cup and in the first phase of the Liga BPI. What did I say? I said Benfica experimented, treated it like the preseason match it effectively was. Felipe Paton put some things out there. She didn't show her cards. Mariana Cabral, the the new manager for Sporting, put it all out there. And clearly Benfica ready for this one as uh, Sporting, to be honest, we're not good in this one. Um. If you go on the social media, they're complaining. They're saying that we, we won you know, unfairly. Of course, every time we beat them, it's unfair. Every time they win, it is it is limpino, according to them. Um, they never once acknowledged that that 5-1 result in September was a fluke. They never once acknowledged that. And it was a fluke. And I explained that in detail back at that time when we went through it. It was a bad match for sure for Befica, a bad performance. However, a lot of things went wrong in order to enable that. This time, Befica more than prepared. Philippe Paton, Andre Val, the coaching staff had Befica more than ready. Uh, The opponent was well-studied, and the opponent had very little solutions. Yes, they had a few opportunities off of broken plays, but for the most part, it was Befica carrying the play, and and Befica were more than a a justified winner in this match. I do not agree with Sporting's manager, Mariana Cabral, who told Abala after the match that this was an injustiça an unjust result. I'm sorry. It was not unjust. Um in fact, I- if Kika had taken that penalty kick a little more seriously there in minute 90, it would have been 2-0. Okay? It would have been 2-0, but this is what you need to know right now and we'll get to that shortly. Befica, Five rounds into this championship phase. The only phase that matters. Remember, that 5-1 loss in the preliminary phase, in the qualifying phase, means nothing now. Everything reset. I said that back in the fall. I said that back in September. It all resets when we get to this stage right here. It is reset. basically perfect 15 points from five matches right now. Five matches, five victories, no goals allowed when it counts. Six points clear now of our arch-rivals. Three clear of second-place uh who, interestingly enough, are our next opponents in the league when the time comes. However, uh, the Liga BPI now going on a little bit of a break. This coming weekend, we have cup football in Portugal, and then it's an international break. Um, the famous Algarve Cup coming up. Seven, I believe, seven Benfica players in the Portugal squad. Of course, uh, that... Uh, Of course, those seven players are Carol Costa, Silvia Revello, Katrina Amado, Lucia Alves. The whole back four are in the the team, plus Kika, plus Andrea Fria, and our newest signing, that's right, our big signing in the transfer window. I'm going to talk about that first in the beginning part of this episode. Jessica Silva. Yes, our new striker, Jessica Silva, also in that Portugal uh, squad. Um, Not to mention, uh, Chloe Lacasse recalled to the Canada national team for their upcoming international matches. Congratulations to Chloe as well, as well as some of our other players also going to represent their countries. Okay, so the episode is underway now. We're going to talk in just a minute. We're going to take a real quick break. Okay, on the other side of this break, we're going to get in to the january signings and from there we'll we'll run down a whole slew of results that the team has pulled off in the past two months catching you right up to speed so we can get in to the derby the main event of this episode the derby sporting versus benfica coming up just a little later don't forget follow me on twitter um Bayfika Mr., well, follow the show, I should say, on Twitter, at Bayfica Mr., we are now over 1,000 uh, followers, and congratulations to our 1,000th follower, to the show's 1,000th follower, at Gilinho Gaushu. that's at G-I-L-I-N-H-O-G-A-U-C-H-O, Gilinho Gaushu. congratulations, you are Mr. Bayfica's 1,000th follower, I tweeted it out back on January the 30th. Uh, congratulations to you, and um, thank you everybody for all the follows. Let's keep it going. Let's get this show out to as many benfiquistas as possible. English-speaking benfiquistas. because um, I enjoy the feedback from you guys. I like to hear what you got to say. Um, and of course, as always, I appreciate the audience so much. And before we take this break, a quick shout out to Portugal's men's Futsal, a national team once again, European champions. It is officially a dynasty, my friends, officially a dynasty. 2017 World Cup, uh, sorry, 2017 Euro champions, 2019, uh, 2019, sorry, 2018 European champions, 2020 World Cup champions, and now 2022 European champions again. Well done to the manager, Georges Uh A lot of you calling for him to take over for Fernando Santos in the 11-11 World Cup qualifying playoffs coming up. Uh, maybe that's the answer. Uh, what a dynasty. What a run. Amazing. A small country like Portugal can produce back-to-back European champion futsal teams with a World Cup title in there. World and European champion beach soccer teams. And, of course, the 2016 European uh, men's football championships. Now it's time for the women's football to get that push, to get that support, not just from the federation, but from the people, and to catapult Portuguese women's football and futsal to a higher level. So let's get behind the girls as well. And also don't forget about the modalidades, uh, big ones this week. Please, please. Stay tuned to BTV or to YouTube, okay? If you don't have BTV, these games are available on YouTube. This week, we have in men's volleyball, Befica taking on the mighty Zenit St. Petersburg of Russia, the most expensive roster in the world in volleyball. Befica's taking them on this week. And on the parquet, on the hardwood, it will be FIBA EuroCup basketball. And it's a Derby. It doesn't get bigger than this. Final, second, group stage game, or as they call it, final regular season game in FIBA Europe Cup. Befica-Sporting. It is a rescheduled match. Okay, It's as simple as this. Befica wins. They are in the quarterfinals of the FIBA Europe Cup, likely joining Sporting. Befica wins. I think it'll come down to uh, point differential um, as to who Will advance and who will be first and second, but I'm I'm quite certain if Benfica can beat Sporting, they are going to see themselves to the quarterfinals of this European competition for the first time ever in men's basketball. This is a huge huge event, okay, both for Benfica and for Portuguese basketball as a whole. And again, nine straight losses to the Lions on the hardwood. 9 straight basketball losses to Sporting. If we can snap that streak, we're going to stay in Europe. That's going to be huge. That ma- that game comes up uh Wednesday, February the 9th. Check your listings, check BTV. If you don't have BTV, I know for a fact this is available on YouTube. Just search FIBA Europe Cup Befica and it will come up. All right. Um check for times where you live okay here is the break i'll be right back and we'll get right in to uh, the january transfer window and the signings that our Bayfica women's football team has brought in during this window this is mr Bayfica. i'm the mr mike Agustino. also don't forget uh to follow the show as well on instagram at mr Bayfica um on Twitter, as you know, it's at Benfica And don't forget to hit up the website www.misterbenfica.com. Yeah. Reconquista. <muchos> passa passa, o caminho é duro. Temos muita história, mas ainda mais futuro. Carrega Benfica, carrega Benfica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica. Carrega Benfica, carrega Benfica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós, a fé que não se explica. Carrega Benfica, carrega Benfica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer. And welcome back to episode 134, Mr. Benfica here on the PTB Media Network. All right, we're talking signings now because, as you know, we're talking women's football. And January signings. So Benfica, for as bad as they were on the men's side in this January transfer window, they were fantastic on the women's side. Dare I say, Fernando Tavares? I don't know. Does he have something to do with this? Um, he seems to do very well with these women's uh, sports. And here are our signings. So first, first one to come aboard was from Sweden. It is Cassandra. Korhonen, uh, she is 24 years old, and she joins us from the Finnish club Atlant United. Uh, she's a striker who scored 22 goals in 25 matches in one season. that, uh, she had represented I.K. Uppsala in her home nation of, of Sweden. Um, before transferring to the Finnish uh, first division, for four seasons she played for IK Uppsala, and she she had four goals in twenty two appearances. So definitely found her scoring touch in Finland in twenty twenty one. Speaking of I, um, also to add depth at the back, Benfica have signed Icelandic centre back Heidi. Lilian Dortir, I apologize for butchering that name. Icelandic is a very difficult language. Uh, but Heidi joins us from Icelandic runner-up into 2021. Breida where she had been a starter since 2016. Heidi is 25 years old again. Icelandic international central defender. And then the signing that began to start stir up a lot of questions around those of us that follow this club because this was not something we expected to be in the market for, but Befika signed twenty three year old American goalkeeper Caitlin Talbert from another Icelandic side from FH uh how sorry F H Fidor um, she has previously spent a three-month stint in England with West Ham United before going to Europe. The Sacramento, California native, played stateside at Humboldt State University in California, where she started uh, 37 times for the Lumberjacks, and she posted eight clean sheets in her time playing collegiate football, collegiate soccer, here in the United States in the state of California. Um Again, an American goalkeeper I know nothing about. I'm going to admit I am, I don't know anything about her. But why are we signing a foreign goalkeeper is the question many had. And I think it was the answer. And this is something we've talked about. And now we, I should say. Um, if you follow Benfica Independent, and if you listen to their Haskals Football Feminino, if you listen to Sergio and to Rita, abraço, amigos, Sergio and Rita, um, they – cover this team as well, and Rita had had in the past talked about something not being right with Lele, with Leticia, our goalkeeper, and then the signing of another foreign goalkeeper uh, makes everybody wonder what's going on, and it seemed to be writing on the wall that Leticia's time coming to an end with Benfica, and unfortunately now, on the 8th of February, um, it has been official. It was made official shortly after the sparking match that we're going to cover in, in just a few moments. A little bit later from now in this episode, Leticia ha- and the club came to a mutual agreement to terminate her contract. She has desired to return to Brazil. I'm not going to go in, in, in to speculate as to what was going There were things going on. These were personal reasons. These are things the club has supported her in. Whatever this personal issue going on is, the club has been very supportive of her, and I find that very classy of this club to be supporting players in their personal, uh, their personal issues. And I think she has desired for some time to return to Brazil. There's a number of reasons um, other than just homesickness, from what I understand. But I don't know any facts. I'm not on the inside. Okay, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a speculation here for you on the podcast I just know unfortunately um, she has left the team and clearly the signing of Caitlin Talbert uh, was to replace Lele and it'll be interesting to see now how do we play with this goalkeeper and does she have uh, does she have the footwork that that Leticia had probably not I've never seen a goalie a goalkeeper so dominant with her feet to where she comes out like a futsal keeper, really, and is a distributor of the ball just like the two center backs. She actually has the best, uh, she has the best distribution out of the entire back line. She passes better than the two center backs, to be fair. And many times we see her come up and, and park herself right between the two center backs, knowing that the that the players in our league are not going to be able to beat her from. Fifty or sixty yards away, so she plays very. She played very high with us, and um, as Leticia says goodbye, I have to state again: last year's title was won because of two reasons. One, Leticia came into this team, and we stopped surrendering goals. Two, Philippa Paton took over. Okay, those were the two key things that happened one year ago. January of 2021 that resulted in Befica recovering the season and winning their first ever, our first ever Liga BPI title and qualifying once again for the UEFA uh, Women's Champions League this past season, which we're going to talk about as well very, very soon, very shortly here. So this signing of Caitlin Talbert, I'm, I'm interested to see what strengths and what differences she has in relation. To Leticia, But Leticia obviously leaves us in a good place to go ahead and repeat as champions. She leaves us six points clear of Spartan, three points clear of Fama Likau. So So um, it'll be interesting to see who gets the start in this next matchup. The next match now is a cup match. So I'm going to go on a limb here and I'm going to... Actually, I shouldn't go on a limb because I'm not sure with the coaching staff if they're going to go with Catalina Villalba one more time as she's been the goalkeeper in the cup competitions or will they go with Caitlin and get her a cup match under her belt playing with her back line. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what I'm assuming she... Does not speak Portuguese. So the communication between her and the back line will be interesting to see. I'm assuming she's going to shout instructions in English the same way that Sporting's goalkeeper did in the derby this this past weekend. We'll see uh, how, this, how this plays out. But um, this is the one question mark, I think, going forward for this team. But I trust that the club did their homework. In that they got a suitable replacement because it does appear this signing was meant to be a replacement. And I, I'm hopeful that she has some of the qualities and that she's going to fit into this team as nicely or almost as nicely as Leticia. Um, Leticia coming into this side last year, let me tell you, there I've never seen a team just completely change and just completely improve with the addition of a goalkeeper, she improved every single aspect of the game from the first phase of construction in the back third to her ability to hit the long ball, to her shot-stopping ability. We saw it on display in the Champions League. We've seen it on display in big games. Really, Leticia had one bad game in a Befica uniform. That was the Super Cup loss to Sparthing, and that is it, really. That is really it. Um, she was good in the Champions League. She was, she's been good in all the other big matches. We are sorely gonna miss her, but Benfica nation, I know, wishes Letícia all the best, and we welcome Caitlin Talbert. And then there was the massive signing, the one that had me absolutely excited, absolutely fired up. I had said on this program, on this podcast. When Nicole Raisla went down with a, tor- a torn ACL, okay, I thought we we needed to go get Telma Incarnação from Baritimo. I had n- I never imagined we were gonna go get Jessica Silva from the Kansas City Current of the National Women's Soccer League here in the United States, the NWSL. Some say the best league in the world. Um. I say maybe the t- one of the toughest leagues in the world, but I think there's better teams in France and Germany simply because of the roster rules um, in the more much more free market um, nature that football is governed in Europe versus here in North America with very tight salary caps and very strict roster rules here. Um, it's a tough league in, in North America. It's a physical league. But I think the technical ability is better in Europe, personally. Um, That, that at least in the top European teams, I think that the technical ability is superior uh, in the European side of the ocean than it is here. But very much in a balanced league here in the United States, where the you know the the best and the worst teams are not separated by much. Uh, Jessica Silva, of course, leaves Kansas City Current here in the United States to join. Befica signs until 2025. Um, of course, this had all of the makings of a fiasco as she was supposed to be unveiled on one afternoon and it didn't happen. And reports were it was over economic reasons. Jessica denies this and said she didn't come to Benfica because of money. And I believe that because I, I don't believe there's much money there to be given to this team. but. She came because she's a Benfikista, and I, I know that the National Women's Soccer League here in the United States is having its own financial difficulties. It is subsidized by U.S. soccer, but my understanding, U.S. soccer only subsidizes U.S. national team players uh, to the league, so only those salaries of national, U.S. national team players are subsidized. Jessica Silva, obviously a Portugal international, so she wouldn't, you know, they, my guess is Kansas City did not have the money to keep her and uh, and allowed her to, to go, and Benfica was there, and the opportunity uh, presented itself. Now, Jessica joins Benfica, this is important, in basically the end of her off season. the NWSL, Kansas City Current, have not played since October. The league finished in October. Okay, October is when the league finished. We're 4 months later. So, when you see this game, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute when we talk about the Sporting match, where it looks like she's kind of not making as much of an impact here early as she should. A lot of that is because she is not in mid-season form like the rest of the team. A lot of that is because she's she's been in the midst of an off-season outside of international camps. She has not been you know, playing competitively at least. And I don't know how long she's been in Portugal. I'm sure she did some sort of training before signing with Befica, but I don't know where she was training. I don't know with who. I don't know what type of training she was doing. Um, so she is basically in preseason mode when the other rest of the team is in midseason mode. But going forward, this is a huge signing. My only concern, okay, and this is what concerns me, We signed Jessica a striker. We signed Cassandra a a real true striker. I shouldn't call Jessica a striker. Jessica's more of a forward, just like Chloe. Um, Cassandra is a true striker in the sense uh, that Nicole was. Okay, And she's more of a box presence, Cassandra is. um, With these two signings, I can't help but fear that the writing is on the wall, that Chloe is going to move on in this off season, even though she's signed through next season. Um, I'm, I'm fear. I'm fearful, but obviously, um, happy for the athlete that there may be interest from abroad interest from bigger teams and bigger leagues, uh, in our player. But if he could re-sign her, perhaps, perhaps with the plan to eventually sell, um, and bring some money back into this program um, you know, to make this women's team even more self-sufficient. There are sales that will happen down the road. I mean, we have a slew of young players that I think are going to have a lot of value um, in the coming seasons. I just hope this group stays together a little longer because I'm enjoying this so much. Um, I hope that I'm wrong about this, and I hope that next year we will be— Obviously, I'm hoping that we're going to be back-to-back champions, and that next year we can attack the Champions League with an even stronger team with this type of firepower in attack next season. Um, but if it is in fact something where Chloe's going to make the jump to a bigger league, uh, I think we are well served with the next, the next in line, if you will, for um, for our offensive front front three. So we'll see what happens there. But Jessica Silva is a huge signing. And I tweeted this, and I don't know if people really, truly understand how big of a signing this is. I said this on the last episode, I believe, uh, when I kind of announced the news because it was happening as I was recording. But the Alentejo native Jessica Silva is the only Portuguese woman ever to win the UEFA Women's Champions League during her time with León, Olympic León, a team that, you know, Beat us a total of what eight nil across two matches in the group stage this year in 1920 in, sorry in 2019 2020 she was uh, on that team she won the UEFA women's Champions League and prior to, to uh Leon she had also represented Levante in Spain Sporting Braga uh, and albergria here in in Portugal. And she's also represented the Swedish side Linkkoping um, back in 2014 where she won a Swedish Cup. So she has won the UEFA Champions League with Leon And she has won the Swedish Cup with Linköping. So a chance to basically double her career medal out her career medals uh, this season here with Benfica as Benfica continue to be alive on three fronts. Benfica now in the semifinals of the League Cup looking to get to our third straight League Cup final and also now alive here in the round of 32 of the Portuguese Cup, which we will play this coming weekend. Okay, so that was the transfer's. As we said, Lele has left. Leticia, our goalkeeper, has left, but not until after beating Sporting. And I I have to say that that's a very, very solid compromise the club and the player made. She stayed through the biggest match, the toughest match, and left us in a very good place. Okay, And I appreciate that. So I want to go on the record and, and show my appreciation because whatever she's dealing with is serious. Okay, She's missed a number of matches for personal reasons. So whatever it is, is very important to her, obviously. And it is possibly serious. So, Leticia, obrigado. Thank you. And again, I wish you very well. Also, leaving the club in this window, Matilde Fidalgo, which makes me a little bit sad. Because she is another beneficentia. She is Bernard Silva's cousin. Um, But she has found a new home, which... Makes me happy because um, players have to play, and it. She found a home at a reasonably, at a high level. I mean, she's she's moved on to Spain. She's going to play for Real Betis going forward. Um, hopefully, she finds more minutes at Betis than she was able to find here at Benfica. Big reason she hasn't seen much time. The big reason because well, she's an outside back, and on one side you got Katarina Amado, who's playing out of this world, and on the other side. Another player just catapulting into the stratosphere, Lucia Alves, who is now a Portugal, uh, you know, a national team member also. And there's just no room, unfortunately, for Matilde at this point. So best wishes to her, of course. And thank you for the service. Thank you for her part in winning the title last year. She had a role in that final match um, and in a number of matches as well. Uh, Best wishes at Real Betis. Okay, so since we last talked, okay, the women's football team has wrapped up the first phase of the Liga BPI. This is where we start our our recap tonight. Um, we the, we finished top of the South section of the qualifying phase of the Liga BPI. Okay, we managed, despite losing five to one to Sporting they dropped points and they they've hit a moment we'll talk about this shortly they've hit a moment um where they're really in a drop in form and it started at the tail end of this uh you know phase 1 of this qualifying phase um whereas Benfica started their their climb their ascend at that phase so Benfica wins picked up wins sorry over athletic club portugal um at at the Tapadinha, our former home. That's right, former home, because now when we're not at Seychelles, we now play our home matches at uh, Cova de Piedades Stadium in Almada. I believe it's in Almada, um, in that section of Lisbon. But nonetheless, a much better pitch. Looks like a much better stadium as well. Much better conditions. Much more appropriate for the level of football our team is playing. So, um, one of our last matches at the Tapadinha was against Atletico-Portugal, Clube de Portugal. Of course, the we were their tenants there in that stadium. They are the owners of that stadium. We won 13 to nothing in that match. That's right, we beat Atletico 13 to nil. Next up after that was Tuches, a 2-1 difficult victory over the side from Tuches Vedres, a side whose sad has invested, Quite a bit of money into this women's team. And they have made their mark on the league as well. They picked up a victory over Sporting. They took points off of Sporting. And they have played us very, very tough as they found their way into the final stage. Then we beat Istriel on the road 5-1 to one and finished off with another road victory against Albequeria. Okay, and that actually, that Albequeria matchup, the 2-0 victory was actually round one. Of the final stage. Of the championship phase. So. Beifica finish stage one. Or the qualifying stage. With 18 points. One better than Sporting. While Tuchins and Maritimu. uh, Just beat out Amora. For third and fourth. With Amora losing out on. Head to head to Maritimu. um, To get into the championship phase. From the south section. And we were joined by. The four qualifiers from the north, Braga, familico Vila Verdense, and Albergria. Now, I just said Albeguería was the first victory uh, in this championship phase. That was a 2-0 victory on the road. Before we catch up to the final phase of the Liga BPI, let's go back and recap the final match days of the UEFA Women's Champions League. So, on November the 10th, Benfica hosted Swedish champion BK Hakken at Seychelles in front of another fantastic home crowd. Um, unfortunately, though, it was the traveling Swedish supporters that would leave Seychelles all smiles as the Swedish side picked up their first and only points of the competition. With a late 1-0 victory over Benfica after a very, very questionable penalty called by Swiss referee Esther Stauble, Stauble, uh on what was a clear, clear as day, clean slide tackle. As clean as you will ever see from Anasaisa. Uh, the Benfica players plead with the referee, but to no avail. There is no VAR in the group stage. Dina of the UEFA Women's Champions League, Ellen Rubinson would step up and kick a nearly perfect penalty, convert a nearly perfect penalty, uh, ah, kissing it off the post to Leticia's right and into the goal, and BK Häcken get their victory, their only points in the competition. The return fixture a week later in Sweden would be a different story, however, um, low, a loud, traveling, vocal section of Benfica supporters there, even in Sweden. That was impressive. And it would be Chloe in the th- in the third minute, just three minutes after the kickoff, Chloe would land the Lady Agies in front to the delight of those traveling Benfica supporters. Uh, that was after Kika took the ball almost literally from the kickoff. Dribbled into space, beat a couple players, and fired a shot from distance that forced a save from the BK Hawkins goalkeeper who who parried it over for a corner kick. Ensuing, corner kick from Kika drops into the area. A couple different players have a whack at it. Hawkins tries to clear it. The ball finally drops for Chloe, and Chloe one times it into the far post. 1 0 to Befica. Uh, Benfica adapted well to the temperature in Sweden. It was cold that night and to the artificial surface. Kika, Lucia Alves, and Pauleta were especially strong in the match. Pauleta nearly making it 2-0 in the 50th off of a great set-piece delivery from Kika. However, the results came in doubt in the 74th minute when this time it was Czech referee Ijana Ademkova, who pointed to the spot, this time correctly after Christy Uchebe handled the ball in the penalty area and just as she had done a week prior Rubinson stepped up and this time it was an absolute perfect penalty uh, to beat Lele. If she had not hit the ball as perfect as she did this penalty kick would have been saved. Lele remembered where she went Leticia that is. She remembered where Rubinson had put the penalty away a week earlier, but still could not reach it because it was hit perfectly. No chance for Leticia. 1-1 with a quarter of an hour to play. Befica, though, kept the faith, kept pushing forward, looking for a victory, the elusive victory, looking to um, not come in last place, obviously. That was a a giant motivation, as it would be for anybody in the Champions League. And Befica would be rewarded, rewarded for that faith and for that belief. In the 90th plus one, it would be a set piece after Chloe was fouled. She was brought down about 25 meters from goal. Kika drops a perfect, I know I've used that word a couple times here, but she literally drops a sublime ball right on the corner of the the goal area, the small six-yard box, if you will, um, where Katarina Amadou times her run perfectly, gets on the end of it, outstretches her foot, and is able to redirect the ball past the goalkeeper. And in stoppage time, in the most exciting of fashion, Benfica take all three points from Sweden at the death, and it would eventually catapult Benfica past Haken into third place where they would finish um, at the end of the competition. So Benfica finishing in the top 12 of this year's edition. Of the UEFA Women's Champions League. Let that set in for a minute. Realize what kind of accomplishment that is for a team. That is literally four years old. Benfica would close out the group with tough losses to the powerhouses. Leon and Bayern. Uh, But the shock draw in match day one. Meant Benfica would finish one point ahead of BK Hock. of course because Benfica took a point off of Bayern Munich. And were able, as a result, Leon would win the group. Um, Bayern would come in second, of course. And it is—I wrote here that it is incredibly unfortunate for this group of players that worked so hard and really accomplished a lot to come in third place in this group uh, with three much more established clubs. That there is no Europa League for the women to fall into. There should be a women's Europa League. I've said this before. I'm going to say it until it happens. There should be a women's Europa League because that is the only way to close the gap between the top five or six clubs in Europe. And when I say that, I'm talking Bayern Munich. I'm talking Leon, PSG. Uh, I'm talking Chelsea. Um, I'm talking Wolfsburg. And I'm talking Bayern. Barcelona right now. Those are the top teams in Europe. Um, The only way to close that gap is to have more European competition and how exciting it would be if there were a Europa League for women's football. I hope that UEFA has plans for that in the future. And if they don't, I hope they make plans for that very, very soon. If you want more info on the UEFA Women's Champions League in the upcoming quarterfinals, Tune into some upcoming episodes of the Park in the Bus podcast here on the PTB Media Network. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, pretty much just look for Parking the Bus or just uh, follow Parking the Bus on Twitter at PTB underscore media and all the episodes get posted there. You can certainly find it there. And I will definitely be covering the Women's uh, Champions League quarterfinals when they come up in early March. Okay. This leaves us to our first break of the episode. And when we come back, we're going to catch up on Tasa de Liga, Tasa de Portugal. And then finally talk Benfica versus Sporting, the Classico. As it happened this past Sunday in Shit. This is Mr. Benfica. I'm the Mr. Michael Cristiano again. Don't forget, follow the show on Twitter at Befica Mister on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Facebook, if that's your thing, that's www.facebook.com forward slash Bayfica. And, of course, www.MrBefica.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Just search bayfica I'll start putting some stuff up there uh, shortly <laughs> as, as, um, I, as I can. Okay, I'm going to start putting some episodes again in video form. That's coming your way as the season continues here on Bayfica. Uh, that good <laughs> uh, that, good <laughs> that good trip. That spit, that 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 you spit, you spit. That good chip. That you spit, you spit. That music. Use me, use me. I hate the music business, the way your bully's gifted All the switch from being honest to cool and distant New but not truly different We got a ruling really misfits, players and jocks While we playing the part of the coolest bitches Ain't a high school movie, had a brace like Tootie When the news hit them. only if you will listen Cause there ain't nothing new about the facts of life, dudes do, so Why don't you sit calm, if the shoe fits on Why don't you kick some, How that good shit That you spit, amusement fun They get you sick for two spins at Music 101 It gets fun in the club, I'm I'm done I go numb, make my flow numb, go write a hit song fight over so come so many idols go but in the end man, i don't know <laughs> yeah. and welcome back to Mr. Benfica episode 134 this is the final segment now we're going to speed around us right up to the match uh, with Sporting so quickly toss of the liga action that we have missed uh, Benfica Entered the Tasa de Liga, of course, in the quarters, as did all the other eight qualifiers for the Liga BPI final championship stage. So those eight uh, competitors, those eight clubs, are the eight clubs that would compete in the Tasa de Liga. Benfica made quick work of Club Alberdia in the quarters, winning both legs four nil, both at home and away, and have since won at home one nil in the first leg over Fumalicão this past week. And they have set up a potentially tricky, dangerous second leg on March the 9th in Villanova-Familico against Fama. Uh, Chloe Lacassi with the goal in this first leg on a nice feed from Jessica Silva. Valedia however, left uh, that match against Familico injured um, in the 25th minute leading to a premature debut for the aforementioned Jessica Silva. Uh, no word from the club or from the player yet on to the extent of the injury. I'll continue to watch that and report. Um, if I hear anything, Catalina Vilão got the start in that match. Um, against Fama Lico in the Portuguese Cup, Afrika have played two rounds now, entering the competition in the second round and beginning with a easy nine nil thumping of Atlético that uh brings the season aggregate to 22 to nothing in the two matches with athletic club portugal uh club that is surely uh, going to be relegated once again uh and they followed that up in the third round benfica did with a 3-1 home win over toxiens again a very tough team but benfica continuing to draw some of the tougher draws i mean there are teams in the second and third division and benfica's not drawing them With with so many teams still alive, they are drawing the big names, and now the round of sixteen is going to take place this coming Sunday. This coming Sunday, Benfica travel up north to Minho to the Primeiro de Maio to take on the Geredes do Minho to take on Sporting Braga, who are the actual current cup holders. If you'll remember, about a year back, they beat Benfica in the final of the cup that was attributed to the previous season. So they won the cup in technically in the COVID shortened season that did not conclude which was 2019-2020. Last season in 2020-2021 the cup was not contested so it returns here Saturday oh sorry, Saturday not Sunday. Saturday February the 12th Benfica at Braga round of 16 of course. Um I'll have a recap of that next week. Okay. So the Liga BPI We are in the championship stage now. The only one that matters. This is where the the matches matter. This is where every match is for the title. And at the end of these 14 rounds, a champion will be crowned. There are eight teams left, as we said. Pefica opened it up with the 2-0 victory over um, Albergaria. Followed that up in round two. Uh, round two was actually postponed, so they played round three first. And uh, they they went to Tuch to, to take on Torres and they came away with a hard-earned 2-0 victory. Goals in that one from Paulita and from Marta Sintra. Four days later at a new home, quote-unquote, stadium, of course, at Cova de Piedad. But if you could squeak out a tough, hard-fought 1-0 victory over Braga, after Una Vitoria converts a penalty um this was of course the round where Famalicão at home or sorry on the road should I should say traveled and beat Sporting at Alcochete Sporting starting to make a habit of losing at Alcochete that was a 1-0 victory to Famalicão 90th plus 5 that uh, that um cost our rivals three crucial points and again send them into this match with us on a bit of a skid and uh that that solidifies our lead a little bit that that reinforces our lead if you will and that leaves our rivals a little bit more desperate for this match with Benfica um continuing on with Benfica's performances um Benfica continue to to do well, as I'd also mention that Fumaliko assert themselves as legitimate title contenders. I forgot to mention, yes, Fumaliko is a legitimate title contender. Do not look them over, do not overlook them, excuse me, okay? Uh, we play them in the next round, must win. Cannot drop points to Fumaliko, They are only three behind us. Uh, Bayfico would go on and have subsequent wins, or have a subsequent win over Maritimu. And that brings us into the derby now. Benfica comes in four victories from four matches atop the Liga BPI. And now with the chance to send Sporting six points back. The lineups in this one, okay, at the Stadio Aurelio Preda. Finally, the main event that you've been waiting for. Uh, Sporting's 11 for the manager, Mariana Cabral. Doris Abasic, Abacic is the goalkeeper of the Croatian international. The four across the back, according to 0-0, although I don't really agree with 0-0 based on how they aligned Befica's team. Um, it's not accurate, so forgive me if I get Sporting's uh, lineup slightly wrong in terms of the positioning, but according to 0-0, it's a 4-1 3-2. Uh, and Ana Borges is, is the right back. Uh, Carolina Beckert and Bruna Lorenzo, the center back pairing with the very talented Joana Merchon as the left back. Fatima Pinto sits in the hole, although I'm pretty certain that it was Andrea Jacinto that played there uh, in midfield. Uh, in front of the holding mid, Brenda Perez, who absolutely torched us in the first two games. The... Uh, DeAndrea Jacinto, I just mentioned, and Joana Martins. In attack, Chandra Davidson and Diana Silva. So a bit of a different-looking um, sport thing than we saw last season. And slightly different, I would say, than the one we saw earlier this season. Um, actually, no, it's pretty, pretty similar to what we saw back in the early part of the season. Bayficas 11 now for, for Felipe Paton. Uh, Leticia in goal. This would be her final match. Uh, the right back, Katrina Amado. Silvia and Carol are the center back pairing with Lucia Alves as the left back. And let me tell you, Portugal's women's national team is abundantly served at left back with these two left backs, Lucia Alves and Joana Marchon, Both very, very good players. Pauleta sits in her normal position in the hole at the base of the diamond in midfield. In front of her, to the right, Andrea Faria. To the left, Beatrice Cameroon with Kika playing in the number 10 position. Behind the strikers, Chloe and Jessica. So Jessica Silva gets her first start. Referee for this match, interestingly enough, is part of an exchange program with the French Football Federation. I like this. So it is Savina uh, Elboire, who is the referee in the, the middle, uh, sorry, the middle referee. With her assistants, Camille Soriano and Elodie Capula, as the referee's assistants. And then the fourth official is the Portuguese referee, Caterina Campos. Those are the lineups. Um, the match starts out quite even. Okay. Benfica, a bit more reserved, uh, with the memory of the two previous matches well in their mind. Felipe Paton and André uh, Val, the, me- the coaches. Um, haven't forgot those results, but they got their team well, well prepared, well equipped to deal with with sporting with Sparting's weapons in this one. Because you will not hear me say Brenda Paredes' name very much this match, okay? And she absolutely torched us in the first two matches. Um, a reminder too, as um I should say, who else? Who also did not forget? The two matches early in the season was Mariana Cabral's Leoish, um, it, as they seemed far too comfortable with this match. and seemed to think they had this one in the bag once again. They failed to remember last season. It went pretty much the same way. They won the matches that didn't matter. And when it mattered, Befica came through and won. And at the end in May, it was Befica lifting the trophy champion of the Liga, BPI. Befica well organized early on, sitting with lower blocks than usual, but uh, very very difficult to to break down the lines of defense. Um, Spartan had all had difficulty with that. Chloe nearly literally scores in the third minute, and um, Befica, I think they started. Five. I mean, this wasn't the first half wasn't their best half of football, but they did grow as the match went on. And again, I said at the top. I don't believe that Sporting's complaints are warranted. Um, I don't think they were unjust. I don't think they were that they deserved anything more than what they got out of this match. They really were not efficient. They were not creating much offensively outside of a few broken plays where the ball fell in the in the small area in the small uh, the goal area in the six yard box, and they were unable to do anything. There was one big mistake where the ball was given away. Okay and if I'm not mistaken, it was Kika who gave it away. made a really poor pass back to Sylvia. It was too short. Spartan's, I think it was Diana Silva, was able to intercept it, create space for herself, looked like she had a short goal, but out of nowhere came Carol Costa to make the block, and that was really Spartan's dangerous opportunities as we'll go through the minute-by-minute here. As it was posted on Zeru Zero. So if any of this is incorrect, the way that the lineups were kind of not right, that is on Zeru Zero and not on me. Um, also, these uh, notes are written in Portuguese, so I'm going to be translating in my head as I read them. But here we go. Uh, before the match, Zeru Zero did have a poll asking who's going to win this match, and it doesn't say how many voters there were, but 91% of Zeru Zeru's readers said Bayfica we're going to win 2% said a draw and 7% said Sporting we're going to win. So um very smart readers there. Okay, Bayfica, like I said, 3rd minute it is Chloe with an opportunity. Uh she gets her head on on a ball uh, that had been crossed in by Lucia Alves and it goes just wide. Uh in the first 10 minutes it's it's it was a period of adaptation especially for Bayfica. um Sporting, as I said, trying to break down the lines that were well-organized and well-positioned by Befica. And Sporting, through 10 minutes, unable to get near Leticia. Um, in the 13th, Lucia is called for a foul against a foul on Ana Borges. And Joana Marchao hits the free kick. And she puts it in the area looking for Bruno, Bruno Lorenzo. And she gets her head onto it. But the ball ends up going well over the goal. benfica has uh, has seen out their first trouble of the match. 21st, Ana Borges attempts across from the right side. Leticia there again takes away the angle. We move ahead. And in the 28th minute, a yellow card for Jessica Silva. Jessica a little bit frustrated in this i think i think um the level of the match uh, coupled with the lack of familiarity with with the team's processes she said this she said as much later um a little bit of lack of familiarity with some of her teammates l- leaves her kind of a little bit unsure about what kind of runs she wants to make her and chloe seem to like to make the same kind of runs and they're just literally starting to get used to playing together. A lot of times you see them on the same side of the field opening up. Uh, they both like to go wide. Benfica here missed, I think, a fixed target striker to to force the back line of Sporting to maybe pay attention and, and stay a little bit more honest, a little deeper, and maybe consume them a little bit more. However, this was the, the lineup that the manager went with. And in the end, she got it right. So in the twenty eighth, now it's it was it's it's mentioning that you got a nice battle going on down Befica's right side between Jessica Silva and Sporting's Shwana uh, uh the Sporting's uh, wing back. At this point, has been able to pretty much negate the Portuguese international striker, and she continue she. Finishes stealing the ball here from our number 77. And the referee has hesit- showed no hesitation in showing a yellow card to Jessica for the the uh, the ensuing foul. Andrea Fria tries a, a cross in the 34th towards the area of the Lioge. But Doris Basic is out to win it before we can get ahead onto it. Um Andrea Fría herself goes down in the thirty-sixth minute. Um, both teams make the most of the pause to to hydrate and to speak to their managers and get some indication and some instructions there. Andrea Fría, I have to say, had a monster game in this one. I, I can't under I can't overstate how well she played. And if you listen to this show, and if you've watched this team early in the season. You see talent in Andrea Faria. You see that she can pass the ball well, maybe as well as anybody on this team. But you also see that um, she struggles with the physical aspect of the game at this level. That has been corrected, everybody. That has been corrected. Andrea Fria was was a beast physically in this match. She absolutely threw her body around as needed and was able to really, really... Um, even intimidate some of her opponents in this one out of challenges. She won a lot of them. She did go down on this one. But she also put the Spartan players on their back quite a bit. And one of the better games I have seen Andrea Fria play, and it's really cool to see a player grow the way she has since she arrived on the scene as a promoted youth player back in the inaugural season of the team when we were in the second division. And she was already showing a lot of signs of promise at that point. Um, in the 36th, she returns. Or I should say in the 38th, she returns to the match. In the 40th, uh, you get a yellow card for Andrea Jacinto of Sporting, picking up her first yellow of the competition for a foul committed on her national team teammate, Kika Nazare. Referee does not hesitate. Uh, Brenda Perez. I said I wouldn't say her name much. Here's one. She tries a shot from very, very far. And the ball ends up going high and wide. Not at all uh, any trouble for um for Leticia there. And we head into halftime. Um in the second half now, we come out for the second half. The teams go with the same the same lineups they finished the half with. And we get another uh, another attack, I guess I'm gonna say Brenda Perez's name again, but again, not at all a dangerous attempt, and again, from some distance well over the the goal, Juana Mertiz tries an olympico in the fifty fourth and the ball goes directly out never came in. I don't know if that ball ever came into the field to me. it came in for the very for a very very brief moment before it. It was supposed to be an in-swinger, and it literally traveled the min- the bare minimum that was physically possible for it to stay. For uh, Sorry, not to stay, but for it to even enter the field of play completely, 57th minute. And Katrina Amado with the chance, she shoots inside the area, and it ends up being a shot that goes just wide to the right side of Basic, she's shot across the face of goal, outside of the goalkeeper's reach, but just misses the far post by a matter of centimeters. Uh, Spartan's best chance comes in the 62nd, uh, and this is the one I'm talking about. This is the one that was uh, a broken play. Joanna Machon drops a ball in the area. It gets kind of much like Chloe's goal against against Hawkins, The ball, when it gets cleared, ends up between two players. It bounces around, squirts around in a couple of different places, and in the end, in the end, um, it does not go in. In the uh, sorry, Leticia makes a save on the play, and that was really the best opportunity for Spartan. We move to the 68th, and this time Chloe doing everything right. She puts it through to Beatrice Camiron. Chloe had a massive game as well. She was everywhere in this match. She was, She's evolving to even more of the team player, and I don't mean that she was a selfish player before, but she now is a lot more of a puppeteer, if you will. She's pulling strings on the pitch, with, and she's... She's opening space and then feeding teammates, and she's just that much better. <laughs> her growth also has just been enormous. She's always been very good, but from where she started when she arrived and even to where she was earlier in the season to the way she's playing now, Chloe Lacasse is is climbing to a level. Like I said, it may become difficult for us to to keep her going forward. But the moral of the story here is Chloe <laughs> sets up Beatrice Camero. Beatrice gets her head on it, but she heads it just over. Now, just before that, there had been a yellow card show to Sandra, Chandra, sorry, Sa- Chandra Davidson of Sporting. But in minute 74, you get this. Um, this is E o Benfica é muito melhor. Sim, é evidente. É em contraste, completamente diferente. Mas eu acho que essas, essas duas vitórias do Sporting, na supertação... Olha, a Jessica pode ir para o golo. Jessica atirou e é o golo da equipa do Benfica. Jessica Silva, mas quem está no trabalho outra vez, quem está na labuta é a Chloe Lacas, que está a fazer um jogo fantástico encontrar, a encontrar espaços, grande golo, o trabalho da Chloe Lacas e depois Jessica Silva com uma belíssima finalização, minuto 73, golo do Benfica. Final. And there you heard it from BTV and if you couldn't tell they recorded this after watching the game live and not while it was being played. The lack of emotion in Valdmar Duarte's voice in that call is pathetic, and also the two of them are talking way too much. and And he doesn't even uh, break down. He doesn't even explain the the passing sequence that led to that goal, which was very very impressive. With the ball being start starting at Leticia with the goal kick, finding its way through the back line to Andrea Faria, who found. Chloe Lacasse. Chloe finds Jessica Silva making her diagonal run. Feeds her. Jessica dribbles the goalkeeper and makes it 1-0 to Benfica. Spartan fans are still crying about this one. They are crying for an offside. Now, in fairness, I have no idea because the camera angle, the only camera angle we've been shown that canalon got was Not conclusive in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, you can see Anna Borges on the far right of, of Sporting's defense on the far left of your screen, putting her hand up, signaling for offside. But there, where the camera was angled, there was no way to tell. Now, I haven't seen any camera angle that has told me that Jessica's definitely offside. The referee's assistant is right there, did not put the flag up, leads me to believe. That it's not offside. I saw a sporting fan on Twitter saying, "Once you take out far, you know which way the referee goes." Oh yeah, is that? Are you sure about that? So now you're accusing foreign referees of robbing you as well. Uh, very, very, very interesting. I, <laughs> anyways, it's just stupidity. But anyway, hard to tell if this was. Onside, offside, I don't know. I have no choice but to trust in the referee's assistant because the, unlike the referees in the league in, uh, Liga Portugal, in the Liga b win, these two referees I've never seen before. So, uh, I shouldn't say these two. This referee and these two assistants I've never seen before. So I have no reason to believe that they would get it wrong unlike the referees in the Liga of Portugal. They've given us plenty of reasons over the years to believe they would get it wrong. Anyhow, there's no VAR. There is no overturning. The referee stands by the decision. Jessica Silva scores for the first time in a Benfica uniform, and it's Benfica 1-0 in the 74th minute. Uh, Chloe and Jessica combining well once again, uh, as we just said, and it was a great sequence of passes that... Um, the commentators on BTV didn't have the couldn't stop their conversation to to tell you about. Of course, the match aired live on Canalons, so the TV feed, the the images come from Canal Ons. Uh BTV aired it in tape delay, hours late, many hours later, and clearly uh, the announcers I think were calling it live, hours later. So they were watching it after having already known what was going to happen, and they called it like they knew what was happening before it happened. And, um, yeah, a really poor job in this one by the BTV uh, announcing crew. Sorry. In the 76th, we get a a substitution for Sporting. Uh, Mariana La Roquette comes on for Ana Borges. Ana Telsch comes on for Fatima Pinto. And Benfica also make a substitution in the 76th. Cassandra comes on, replaces uh, Jessica. And Jessica's debut last three-quarters of an hour, 75, sorry, no, three-quarters of a match, excuse me. And um, very good performance for, like I said, a player who's not in sync yet with this team, a player who doesn't know the offensive processes, doesn't know the offensive methodology quite right yet. A player coming from a very different style of football here in the United States, um, a much more physical style, um, getting adapted once again to a more technical game that Benfica plays so a very good I think debut in the league for Jessica Silva of course if you follow her on social media she posted video of when she got home she went to see her avo. her ava was so happy uh really heartwarming stuff um from a Benficista who has found her way to her club and uh we'll hear from from Jessica Silva in just a few moments um Yellow card in the 83rd goes to Anatel's just after she steps onto the pitch. She sees a yellow card. Uh, Another substitution for Benfica in the 84th. Christy Uchebe Uchebe comes on. Beatriz Camerón comes off. Sporting also sends on Marta Ferreira in place of Carolina Beckert. Uh, Alicia Cujo would check in for Joana Marchand, who was seen icing her ankle uh, at the end of the match. And still a yellow card for Brenda Perez. As I said, we don't hear or see much from her in this one. And Befica see it out. I mean, there was a lot, a very even match. A match um, very predictable of two teams that know each other as well as Befica and Sporting do. Very little to, to split them. However, Befica with the better chances. Befica, for me, with the better play. Um, Befica showing. They can both play an attacking brand, and uh, they can they can sit in when needed. Uh, I think a very very good performance all around by Benfica. And Filipa Paton says in her post game press conference uh, that just like when we lost five, I love this this quote. Just like when we lost five to one, I said this one loss does not make us the worst. She says this one win here does not make us the best. We need to continue to work each and every match and to keep getting the three points three points at a time as we work our way towards our goal. Now, uh, the match obviously concludes there. Befica get the three points, and they take control of the Liga BPI at this early stage here. Uh, Five matches and nine to play is where we stand right now. Um, Befica, perfect 5-for-5 in this round, whereas uh, points galore being dropped everywhere else. And this was talked about, and this is very true. The Liga BPI is a much-improved league this season. The Liga BPI now, uh, mind you... Has more than two teams competing for the title. Last year, we we talked about having four. This year, we really have four. Benfica um, and Sporting, obviously. Sporting Braga had a perfect first phase. They they win a perfect seven for seven. Uh, they were the only team or eight for eight. Excuse me. They were se- no seven for seven. They were the only team to win all seven matches of the first phase. They just lost this past weekend to Maritimu, two nothing. Um, Famalicão has, who lost to to Braga in the first phase, beats Sporting in this round. Takes three points from Tuijens has beaten Sporting, um, and beaten Braga. They they've pushed Famalicão. Tuijens has made it difficult for us. Right now, this league is very very improved. Last year, I'd say there was four, and then. The other four were way behind. This year, we've got about six teams. Uh, we have our, our four title contenders, but the next two aren't that far back. We have Tobias, like I said, plus Maritim, was very improved this year. And it's going to be interesting to see how these matches play out going forward. Okay, we look now at the table here, and it'll be just a minute as I pull it up. As we've already mentioned, Benfica lead the league 15 points from five matches. Fumaliko second right now on 12 points. Everybody's played five matches. Uh, Co have 12 points. They sit three points behind us. Four victories, one defeat. Sporting, nine points. Sporting are six points behind us, and they're title hopes are in danger right now and they are a team that looks like they're feeling the pressure. They look like they are feeling it slip away and the look on the faces of those players on Sunday from Sporting was very different than the look we saw in September. They weren't so confident anymore were they by the end of this one. They thought they had this in the bag and they had something else coming their way. And Befica, Push them down the table, six points back on nine points. Fourth place is Braga with seven points, same as Tuchelins also with seven uh, in fifth. Maritimo has three points, while Vila Verdens and Klub Albegaria have zero points each. That's the table right now as it stands. Uh, The leading goal scorers in the league right now, Fernanda Tipa, of uh, Famalicão leads the league with five goals or leads the championship phase with five goals, I should say. Marta Sintor of benfica has got four. She's tied with Diana Silva of Sporting uh, with four as well. Round six, Liga BPI. Not going to be played until the 27th of February uh, after the international date, after the Algarve Cup. Torreense host Marítimo. Sporting travels to Sporting Braga, so it doesn't get any easier for the Leo is right now with the pressure on, but they also know they have a big opportunity uh, to get back in the race because Befica and Fomalico, the two teams ahead of Sporting, meet up next round. Um, one of them, or both, will obviously lose points, allowing Sparthing uh, to get back into the race, provided they beat Braga. Befica hosting Familico in this one. Uh, big, big match. Can't stress enough. How important this one is. This is three crucial, crucial points because we win this match, and now we put everybody at six points. Or I should say Family Cone drops to being six points behind. Um, and we get, again, one of the tougher, tougher fixtures out of the way. Uh, the last match of the round will be Alberqueria hosting Vila Verdense, the two winless sides um, one of them will come out of there with a point one or both of <laughs> that is of course. Okay. Small programming note again, Mr. Benfica will be back later this week. Um, I got to cover the men's team as well, as you know, and there's two matches to talk about. So that'll be the next episode. I'll be episode 135 coming, uh, in time for Benfica's game on sa- Saturday. Um, so at the latest Saturday morning, but I plan to get it out before then. Um, and then next week we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about Benfica's match with Santa Clara in the men's game, and we'll talk about the women's cup game with Sporting Braga coming up this weekend. So there'll be a lot to talk about. Thank you for sticking with me through this this entire episode. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I always love talking about Benfica's women's team, and I do love the direction this this team is going in. The way they just seem to be so very united, and they seem to be such a solid core uh, unit, um, the sky is really the limit for this team. Especially in, in Portugal, I I really am hopeful and can see us having a long run of success and a long reign at top this league. Um, the pipeline is is well stocked, and every year we get players just just taking on another level, another level, and I can't wait. Uh, for the next match. I love watching this team, which I can't always say about a lot of the teams in this club right now. That's going to do it for this episode 134. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho. I'm signing off here. And I'm sending you away for the final time this season with the music of the UEFA Women's Champions League. Thank you, everybody. And I'll catch you next time here on Mr. Benfica.